Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are recapping Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 8, Die Jerk. The episode bio is, Rory tries to spice up her articles for the student newspaper. Luke admits to Lorelai that he is revisiting a past relationship. It's a controversial episode. Notorious. I think, yeah. And that's such like a blasé bio that hides yeah. what actually happens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> as Yeah, as we'll discuss momentarily. Uh, before we get into things, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to highlight that. You'll hear more in just a second. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And you can listen ad-free on Patreon. Just search for Talking Fast Podcast. Yes, and the reason that you want to follow our Instagram is that we have an exciting event happening soon. It is our new, our first ever Talking Fast Fall Fest. Say that three (laughs) times fast. Uh, We're celebrating fall because what is more Gilmore Girls than fall, right? Mm -hmm. So join us on the week of Monday, October 23rd to Friday, October 27th. And what will we be doing, Suzanne? We are going to be doing kind of a fun activity where um, every day you can post a fall-themed picture on Instagram and tag us in it. And when you do that, you will be entered into a drawing where you can win some things that we've collected from Gilmore Girls creators, like a Gilmore Girls candle, a Mm -hmm. mug... A print and a necklace. So mm-hmm. you definitely want to follow us on Instagram because we'll be talking about what those different pictures for each day will be and collecting all of your entries. Yeah. It's so going to be a blast. So please join us for that. Yeah. And we'll like <laughs> usher in the Halloween day Ooh, as yes. well. It's the week before Halloween, which is sadly on a Tuesday. Yeah. Weird. This year. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> But yeah, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We've been like collecting things for feels like months now. It's been very exciting. A lot of coordinating with other community Mm -hmm. fandom members and whatnot. Like these items are things you would totally have on your Etsy wish list Mm -hmm. and things. Like these aren't just random little whatever. Like these are (laughs) good gets. Okay, people. Seriously. (laughs) Some we of them, want them ourselves. It's going to be hard to part with them. I know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You'll want to follow us and enter enter entry in this kind in this giveaway is super easy. Mm-hmm. We're not your about Instagram to have stories, you like yeah. tagging your friends and following all <laughs> sorts of people. It's going to be easy Simple. and yeah, something that you would will enjoy doing. So we're excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things we may or may not be less excited about, (laughs) I think, could be this episode, though I could be, like, giving away my own views. Um, (sighs) But let's transition to our overall thoughts about this episode. How are you feeling as you deeply sigh? (laughs) I just, uh, I had a hard time coming up with all my nominations for this episode because there was so little that I liked. And, like... Just the whole episode is a Friday night dinner critique, basically. It's like, let's almost show Rory some consequences for her actions, but not really. 
Uh, yeah. It was just, yeah, it's a hard episode to find things to enjoy in. What did you mm-hmm. think of it? Pretty much the same. It was a challenge to find where to place the Friday night dinner mm-hmm. critique, you know, because there were just like so many spots. And I was surprised. I didn't remember that the episode was here. So I groaned when I saw the title mm-hmm. when I was going to play it. And I feel like I kind of got through the episode. Like it's not fun to watch, but I was surviving it. But then it was when I was like, prepping my notes yeah. and picking out nominations and thinking about how to voice a critique that it was just like a big downer you know mm-hmm. this was one where I was like I'd rather not do it or like I know it will be work to like think through mm-hmm. the critiques and all of that but for good there's good reasons to do it of mm-hmm. course like we have to do the best episodes and the worst ones too <laughs> and it's important to talk about the horrible fat phobia and yeah the lack of consequences for Rory because like at the end of the day, the only saving grace for this would have been if this was like a learning lesson for Rory and by the end she'd like understood what she did wrong. But that is mm-hmm. like absolutely not what happened. So yeah. there's like no saving grace at all to this episode. She leaves the episode with like a heightened sense of exceptionalism for herself, which is yeah. just like just to be somebody else in Yale at this point in time watching this happen I mean I probably wouldn't even notice it was happening but if I was like the ballet dancer or any of Rory's friends or roommates or anything it's just astounding how little she cares about other people yeah can you imagine being like at a table next to her when the when Sandra the ballet dancer like yells at her in the dining hall like if I was just sitting next to that watching that unfold I'd be like who is this awful person (laughs) calling her a hippo oh my god Mm. yeah we'll get into that (sighs) yeah should we start with our talking fast yeah 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 to break it all down in 30 seconds I feel like there's actually not like a whole ton that happens so Mm -hmm. it could be possible to do well you're first so Oh, well, hopefully try. it's possible then. <laughs> Are okay. you ready? Yeah. Okay, ready, set, go. Turns out Roy has been on the newspaper. She's writing tryout articles. She's doing a lot of reviews, but she's worried that Doyle thinks they're boring. So she has to like embrace opinions, quote unquote, more. So she trashes this ballet dancer that she sees. The ballet dancer confronts her, but Doyle encourages her to keep going in that direction. So she keeps going in that direction meanwhile Lorelai is still doing in stuff her and Jason flirt more at dinner apparently can Lane is still dating Dave um <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> I tried okay on your mark get set go so Rory is having trouble at the Yale Daily News and then she reviews this ballet where she's really mean to the ballerina. She and Lorelai are just like sitting there critiquing her the whole time and she writes all of that down and publishes it. And she, uh, the ballerina obviously gets mad at her and there she uh, eventually decides that it doesn't matter. She's going to keep writing like that. And at the same time, uh, Lane has a marriage jug for Dave that she's freaking out about and Luke is still with Nicole. Okay, gosh, I... Ooh, Luke <laughs> forgot all about that guy. It was such a, like, the Lane and Luke stuff. I feel like they were trying to add some, well, I also feel like the writers thought that the Rory stuff was funny. 
Yeah. So I don't know if they were trying to find comedic relief in this episode, but I don't know. <laughs> in hindsight, that's sort they those scenes do serve as a buffer mm-hmm. to the main plot line. I think you're right. <sighs> well, um, before we dive in, it's worth noting that we had the return of the previously on section yeah. in this episode, <laughs> and I accidentally started to play the next one, and that episode also has one oh. so just continuing to feel like those are weirdly used and yeah placed. it really must be like they didn't have enough to fill the time slot i guess strange but yeah the cold open is very much business as usual it is a classic friday night dinner full of quips and a little bit of exposition <laughs> so we learn that jason and Richard have gone on their Atlantic City trip. Apparently, Emily apparently Emily went as yeah, well, which weird. I didn't foresee. I thought it was a whole getaway from the wives thing, but she found it to be garish and not to their taste. Um, the antith- antithesis of class. <laughs> and she's like, what's next? Spring break in Cancun. And there's some good jokes about... Emily doing shots off Richard's belly because they're married, so it would be allowed. <laughs> Such a weird conversation. <laughs> yeah. A very weird conversation, but a pretty delightful one considering other conversations that happen in the episode. Uh, the other main thing is that we learn Rory is writing articles for the Yale Daily News now, and I felt like this was fairly out of the blue the way that they kind of just are implying she's been doing this for an amount of time and we haven't heard about it I think like this could have been a we could have seen her seeking out the newspaper and joining it like we saw that happen for her and Chilton like I don't know it was just a choice to be like in media res like hey she's in the newspaper didn't you know I don't how did you feel or did it stand out to you at all I agree and also it's past midterms so why are they still Mm -hmm. like she and Paris are still in kind of a testing phase where they're writing Mm -hmm. these articles to see if they get on to the Yale Daily News staff and that seems like something that would happen in the first like month of classes not the like third month of the semester yeah So, yeah, it was super random. And why hasn't she talked about it at all yet? Yeah. It's like they had forgotten that she was supposed to be a journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But they are laminating her articles, the grandparents say, which is a good call forward rather than a call back to when Luke puts her New Yorker semi (laughs) semi New Yorker piece. Like it was like a paragraph in the Talk of the Town section, as we've talked about. But they put that on the back of the new menus too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we find out she's mostly been doing kind of I don't know less desirable pieces like about a lacrosse game and stuff, which I guess might be de- desirable for some people. For some, there was something about like a building or a quadrangle. Mm-hmm. It really did make me think back to the the repaving the parking yeah. lot Chilton piece where like she knocked it out of the park. Like <laughs> that was the height of like Rory journalism days like I remember that being such a cool thing like look Paris you thought you could get me down but I made this article fly and now we're here (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) so our next scene is at the Yale Daily News and we hear that Paris is there as well she's been kind of ranting about the whole idea that she needs to be writing these articles just to see if she can get on staff 
And we also meet Doyle for the first time. He's a great character. He'll be recurring. Um, I loved all the little tidbits that they gave him for like him trying so hard to be like a professional newsroom editor doing Mm -hmm. weird things that famous journalists are supposedly famous for doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very cute. My out of our Ivy League closet goes, my nomination goes to this, like the Yale Daily News in general. Like, I think it's so fun how it functions so much like an actual newspaper. Like, I just think of the like rinky dink little college newspaper we had at my undergrad that was like nothing like this. It was really just like a small college club, really. And this just like, I don't know, like I'm, it looks like a newsroom in a way like I'm probably over exaggerating, but to me, I'm very impressed by it. And like they have layout and they're all, I don't know. It's just like, and it it's just such a, like a set piece or such a thing for these next couple seasons. Like a lot of scenes will happen here. And I, I like a good like newspaper drama as well. You know, like movies set at newspapers where they're doing a big story or whatever. So it, I don't know. It brings a fun element, I think. Yeah, it's got like a busyness to it, mm-hmm. like a ordered busyness to it. That's cool to see. But Doyle apparently has some feedback for Rory. The most recent article that she's written hasn't been published, and she asks him what's up about what's up with that, and he gives her her first big harsh feedback that her article <laughs> was kind of a yawn. And the way she takes this feedback, I can understand, like, as the first feedback, and she just kind of rants about it to Lorelai and Lane later, and I understand that, like, you get bad feedback, you want to vent about it, but then you come back and, like, do something about it later, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's where she left off for me. (laughs) Yeah, like, I distinctly remember it was, like, sophomore year maybe second or first semester and I got like a B on a a paper I wrote for an English class and I to that point was like oh I'm a great writer like I like this and everything and this was like the first professor who was probably like grading my work on another level right Mm -hmm. like you're moving further up so you have to like gain new skills and whatnot And looking back, I'm sure it was like, um, well, I know it was like a great learning thing for me to like be more whatever. It doesn't really matter. But like that. So like I see that moment here in Rory and like it is hard to hear. And you do want to like go up to people and be like, I deserved an A Mm -hmm. or like what's going on? And then you reassess and you like kind of work, put like the work in and all and that's just like the disappointment I think in the episode as well is like this is the here's the potential for character growth for mm-hmm. growing as a writer so many different things and like um like being a student when you're first challenged like especially if you're like an A student like Rory like you don't have this like you're not used to feeling the discomfort of like failing or being challenged and how you react can be a result of that like mm-hmm. not knowing because it's your first time and there will be many more times after that right so it's like it just would have been so nice for them to take that in a different direction than they do yeah and it just starts the pattern of Rory's inability to take 
criticism, even when it's like not fully justified, but there might be something in there. Mm-hmm. But just to have some sort of thick skin. Yeah. In a way. But especially as a writer. Yeah. Like you're always going to get feedback. Yeah. And also like you'll get feedback from your editor, but then you're also going to get feedback from the readers if you ever, like if you publish, you know, mm-hmm. that's just how it goes. And feedback from readers is not going to be all good ever. No. <laughs> like you ever looked at Goodreads reviews? No. <laughs> Yeah. Super helpful <laughs> feedback there, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's helpful for me as a reader. Readers, not writers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but moving ahead to the next scene, Rory is in Stars Hollow. And as you said, she's getting comfort from Lorelai and Lane. They're pumping her up, which I think is valid at this point. I do have a small question of like, why is Rory home here? Mm-hmm. Like all the other times we've had a little like, here's the laundry bag. But for this one, there's no sense of like, is this the weekend? Is like, what? why is she home? But hey, you know, it is what it is. There's something of more import in this scene, which is when Lane says, hey, what's the time? I've got to go in five minutes to call Dave. And what? I'm just like, <laughs> hold the phone. Like, are you telling me... Lane is still dating Dave, a thing you should have told me in episode yeah. one. <laughs> like, I know. We're in episode eight, and it's suddenly like, by the way, so Lane ridiculous. is dating Dave. <laughs> and it's not like we haven't even heard Dave mentioned before now, because mm-hmm. we have. Why wouldn't she say that? <laughs> I know. And I feel like it doesn't come up again beyond this mm-hmm. episode, if yeah, I recall. I think so. Like, if this was any other episode, this would have been a Friday night dinner critique, but this is, like, the least of our problems yeah. within this episode, but yeah. still. They but just still. needed something for Lane, I guess. And I liked the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been so good as a one, two, or three kind of episode yeah. rather than an eight. Like, they could have used this as the thing that leads up to, like, a breakup. Mm-hmm. That, like, this could be the reason that they break up. Like, they could have, they could have done that. Yeah just so weird (laughs) yeah and a small a small last thing Lorelai is questioning like oh are we supposed to be mad at Dave when Lane brings him up and they're like no and then she's like are we mad at Jackson she thinks they're supposed to be mad at someone and can't remember who and I remember at the time of watching this I was like oh okay but then by the end of the episode we never find out who she couldn't remember yeah she was mad at Maybe it was a premonition of the fact that she yeah. would be mad at Luke soon. Maybe. But yeah, it was like <laughs> just a throwaway line that was kind of like it bothered me because it was a mystery. Like who were they mad at? Yeah. <laughs> it also kind of plays along with the line of Lorelai and Rory. Just like how they're characterized in this episode is such bullies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they have always to always mad, be mad always at someone. Critiquing. Yeah. Yeah. But in this scene, we also get to go and see Suki and the new baby, Davy. Mm-hmm. And Michelle is sitting outside because he sneezed a couple of weeks ago, so he's not allowed in near the baby. <laughs> uh, very overprotective, first-time parents kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Lorelai talks baby talk to the baby, and then we also find out that Bruce, the midwife, is still there. And she does not want anybody talking baby talk to the baby because it could impede his development. Uh, Yeah. I'm okay with not talking baby talk. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not that into baby talk either, but 
I do occasionally find like around a really cute cat or mm-hmm. baby recently like I do almost find myself going into like a cutesy voice of sorts yeah. or I don't know like it can be it's like they're intoxicating like <laughs> oh my word but yeah I'd rather do a human adult voice <laughs> myself yeah I do my- talk to my cats in a slightly higher pitched voice <laughs> I can't yeah, help it. Like, oh hey cutie. Like yeah. it's not quite baby voice, yeah. Um my Stars Hollow nomination is in this scene. I am specifically highlighting the little moments where Suki and Lorelai are trying to run their business meeting, of which Michelle is a part, but he's out on the porch. And so there's a lot of humorous dialogue around this. And what I thought was the most funny is Michelle going on about like these green things like these bugs out on the porch and then we start to see him in the background like he's fighting them and then like runs away you see him through the window running off and I just thought it was so silly and fun and um yeah I didn't I had a hard time finding a star's hollow moment Mm -hmm. this episode so I thought I would use this because I did enjoy it yeah can always rely on Michelle for some good comedic relief <laughs> and yeah. stars Halloweeness. <laughs> Moving along, I suppose, back to Yale. Rory has another review for Doyle, and he reads it, and he does the whole like reading and marking up at the same time, which <laughs> is so unrealistic. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But pretty much, he doesn't like it again. And this is like one of the first reactions from Rory that I th- really had a problem with she asks him if he just doesn't like her like has she offended him and it's like you know sometimes you're just not good at something it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that everybody hates you um it was just so annoying that she couldn't just accept or even look at his criticism before deciding that he must have like ulterior motives for giving her a bad review of her work yeah it's just so annoying (laughs) I'm with you there. Um, I also have my Lorelai's closet in this scene because this is when I really noticed Doyle in his like dress shirt and tie. And um, I want to nominate the ridiculousness of this outfit because like it's so like business clothes for a college student. Like even I feel like even students who dress up a bit more like he could be wearing like the the shirt with like a sweater over it or something but like to be just full out tie like he's like you said he's really like performing the like look and persona of an editor and I find it so funny and charming um and like I also was thinking a bit about timeline things and I feel that they must have not perhaps planned or thought ahead for how long he would be on the show because him being an editor now but then still being around for season six like I think they make him one year above yeah Paris and Rory in the end or the same year I but like just to say like I don't know how he is the editor yeah at this point but I think they didn't it's okay I think that they like had to you know adjust things like based on what characters end up really meshing in the world and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is true. He must graduate. Yeah, he must be a year before them because then Paris is the editor after him and then Rory, magical child. (laughs) My personal pet peeve about like 
retconning the age of characters is in glee with Blaine, yeah. <laughs> Kurt's boyfriend, because they like brought Blaine on first as this sort of like older mentor to mm-hmm. Kirk. And then it was like, oh, they're the same age. And then it was, he's the year below Kirk. Ridiculous. So surprise, Kirk is going off to college and Blaine is still in in high school, at the high school he moved to because of Kirk. And like, I was so pissed because uh, they then they like broke them up, spoiler alert, because of the long distance. And I was such an annoyed fangirl at the time. Yeah. But now I recognize that the breaking up and get getting back together and so on is like part of the... <laughs> the experience you know but hey also darren chris looked older than almost all of the others from the very beginning (laughs) okay (sighs) what can you do yeah okay so the the like the eventual advice that doyle gives rory is what she takes to heart as she goes into the next scene he's essentially saying like the writing is fine but it's not like we can't I can't tell what you really think. You've got the facts here, but we like want to know what you think. So have like an opinion or a personality, a take, etc. And it's so telling like the opinion that Roy chooses to voice in the end, um, which we start to figure out like what direction she's going to go in as she goes to her next article review, which is a ballet performance and her and Lorelai go and they discuss like first Rory's anxieties she's like did I peak in high school I hope not and Lorelai is offering some sage advice of like this is a different environment you know just like adapt adjust again some helpful advice um but then they get caught up in the moment of watching this ballet as it starts and we all, you all know the rest. We know what happens, right? Like, yeah. they're just terrible, offer terrible commentary. Um, they are commenting on the, quote, roll of fat around the bra strap of the main ballet dancer. Um, apparently, people are, like, falling down. They, Rory and Lorelai after, like, talk about how they're in physical discomfort. They call it terrible. Like, it's just all not fun. Not fun at all. And um, we'll see we'll see how it goes. But I guess I'll just say it already like it's just very telling off the bat that like the way they they think of this conversation, like it's not a good thing no matter what. But like Lorelai is at least of the like, well, you don't publish this like you don't put it in writing like you don't tell other people this bad stuff we said, like which reveals an awareness of like yeah you're shit talking people and that's not a good thing but like that Rory thinks it's like fit for print and it's surprised like it somehow is surprised that people react negatively to it like mind-boggling I yeah. don't know I gave my Friday night dinner to this scene although it could go throughout the rest of the episode mm-hmm. um I was trying to think of like what I think makes a good negative review of something yeah, I was wondering the same. Yeah, I think what really what you need to have is like nuance in your review and also not make it personal. Mm-hmm. Like don't make don't make comments about the ballerina's physical like physique. Um, yeah. Talk about her the like kind of to make it a good review. I think you have to like depersonalize it, kind of zoom out and give 
like context of what it could have been mm-hmm. instead of just harping on like or just trying to drive home the fact that it was bad <laughs> yeah and because I listen I watch like a lot of movie reviews and stuff and obviously some of them are negative and I think that's really what makes it like a good negative review something that actually makes sense and isn't just like clickbait really um yeah something that has some nuance and Rory gives none of that in her uh yeah. review of this poor ballet <laughs> ballerine like it could have been I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't great um mm-hmm. but especially if you know nothing about ballet you need to try and do a little bit more work to make it a review that's worthwhile yeah I was I was wondering the same thing of like what would a, a good review of this ballet have looked like and I so much of what you said I think is so true like not making it personal like more about the execution or mm-hmm. activity or co- the costumes like she's claiming she's talking about the costumes later on but she's clearly not like the ballet dancer's body should never have to come up mm-hmm. really like in this or when you're critiquing a movie or an actor's performance you could be like oh they delivered the lines not and like it wasn't very lively or something but you're not talking about their weight you know (laughs) like there's just I feel like clearly there's a line and you can tell if something's out of pocket or not like I I don't know yeah lacking nuance and also just like not taking delight in the like the negativity like pointing out like pointing out shortcomings more so as a thing of like yeah this as you said like this could have been better like this is what they could have done or like I was disappointed not like having fun and thinking of all these different similes and references you can use as a way to like it's like she's reveling in her negativity Mm -hmm. and like thinking of all the different figurative language she can use but she freaking uses the word hippo and (laughs) drunken dock worker which is also just like what that like that would never that, that metaphor would never even occur to me yeah. like as just a college student like has she been around a lot of docs recently <laughs> like yeah what is that even yeah. from some movie or something right so it's just yeah it's interesting to think about like the genre of what she was writing and how poorly she did at the assignment mm-hmm. of that genre and the way that she just gets encouragement from Doyle at the end as well also just makes me con- question like the show's representation of journalism mm-hmm. as a whole as just like yeah people who bash performances like that's not what journalism is yeah it really does seem just like clickbait not mm-hmm. not before clickbait stories. was a thing <laughs> yeah exactly uh, I have more to say about Rory yeah. and Lorelai but I think it'll come up later. Yeah, we can sprinkle it throughout. Yeah. <laughs> so after this, we have a short scene at the, at Kim's Antique um, where, first off, I forget who Mrs. Kim was talking to. Is it just a customer saying that everybody yeah. should have kids? Which It's a guy yeah. that she just sold something okay. to. <laughs> I guess that I think that kind of indicates where the storyline is going for them. Mm-hmm. She then... Gives some or tells Lane that she has a gift for her to send to Dave, which again, weird, um, mm-hmm. just so out of the blue. And Lane opens up this box and finds this old ceramic jug or clay jug, which 
does not strike me necessarily as the kind of thing that I would send to an 18-year-old boy at college. <laughs> not at all. And also, like, that, the postage on that, isn't he in California? Yeah. So that's going to be expensive. Yeah, the postage would be a little bit crazy. But Lane sees this jug and has, like, an immediate reaction. We can tell that there's something more important about it uh, and that she is now freaking out about something. <laughs> and we'll come back to the jug. Yeah, we'll learn a bit more about the mysterious jug in a moment, but... We interrupt this podcast with a public service announcement. Have you been wronged by Lorelai or Rory Gilmore? Have you been ridiculed by this mother and daughter duo for activities such as minding your own business, living in your body, and getting along in life? But you have the unfortunate fate of doing these things near them. Know that you aren't alone and there's now something you can do about it. Join the class action suit against Rory and Lorelai today. Brave members of the Stars Hollow and New Haven communities are coming forward to speak out against the casual bullying of Lorelai and Rory. Sandra, a ballet dancer, has this to say about her experience being cruelly reviewed by Rory in the Yale Daily News. Rory is a jerk. What she wrote about me was mean, petty, and despicable. She compared me to a drunken dock worker and a hippo, for God's sake. I hope she dies, but for now, I'll settle for suing her. And here's insight from Pat on that time Rory and Lorelai shamed him at the pool. I was being nice and welcoming Rory back to town when I hear them laughing at me and calling me names. They think they're so witty and funny, but really, they're just mean. I'm joining the class action suit against them because it's time the town spoke up. If you have a story to share, justice to gain, and revenge to acquire, join the class action suit against Rory and Lorelai Gilmore today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before that, we have a scene at Luke's. This seems to be um, the same day Lorelai going to like a lunch in the middle of the day. Um, she's walking with Michelle. She's doing baby talk to him because apparently she you know, has to get out the baby talk now that she's not allowed to do it with Davey, which is like kind of funny, but still grating on the ears. Um, another like just like salt in the wound, the fact that like, Michelle doesn't join Lorelai for lunch and Lorelai talks about like how he doesn't eat normal food like yeah. just another stab within a larger bad episode on that fat phobia topic um but that isn't even the main point of the scene the main point is that Lorelai runs into Nicole and we the viewer know that like Luke and Nicole are I guess back together 
But Lorelai did not. So she was surprised when she sees her and makes incredibly awkward small talk and then just ends up leaving (laughs) rather than waiting for Luke, which honestly, I feel like was the right decision in that moment. Like, just leave. leave. Yeah, (laughs) so awkward. I loved Nicole's demeanor throughout this whole thing. Mm -hmm. She was just like playing it cool. I I got the feeling that she knew Lorelai was freaking out, but she also had that whole like, well, Luke's with me, so I I know where your yeah. freak out is coming from, and you won't even admit it. But Luke is with me, so mm-hmm. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just cool, calm, and collected yeah. <laughs> over here while you like work yourself up into a fit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also gave my stars hollow moment. As you said, it was hard this episode, but. I gave it to when Lorelai and Michelle were walking through the town square and you could see like the fall uh, decor all over the place and, you know, just the normal walking through the square just feels so stars hollow for me, especially the city I live in now is pretty much car bound. You can't really do that much Mm -hmm. walking around places, so it feels nostalgic for me. But yeah, Yeah, it's hard. It is nice. Yeah, it was hard to find something good in this episode so next we're at Yale but we're also getting a phone call from Lane to talk more about this jug and Lane is saying that she and Dave have had a fight it was their first like big fight and it was because of the jug and she tells this story where when she was younger her mom picked up this jug and said that she was going to save it for the man that she marries um and Lane has always been thinking of that jug being there like as a possibility of her potential future and she's put a whole bunch of meaning and like significance into this jug and then so she thinks that when Mrs. Kim told her to send it to Dave she was like okaying a marriage proposal or suggesting that's where things should go next and Mm -hmm. the fight with Dave was them both freaking out about that (laughs) And yeah. rightfully not being ready for marriage. <laughs> I like I like that plot. I like the plot line mm-hmm. and the miscommunication about it. And again, I think this could have been a really good lead up for like an explanation for yeah. a breakup between the two of them earlier on in the season. Um, but instead, we have it here in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess we can maybe assume that they break up because of this, because as you mentioned earlier, I don't think we ever hear from him again. I don't know. Yeah, I guess one thing led to another, or whatever replacement gift they sent caused a bigger fight. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Maybe he just, I don't know, has moved on. He ghosted. I don't really know. Got too jealous of Gil, maybe. (laughs) That would have been uh, funny to have an episode with him come back and be jealous of Gil. Yeah, was Adam <laughs> Brody that busy on the OC that we couldn't get one more appearance? <laughs> they both film in Los Angeles, I'm sure. I know, come on. It could have been a contract <laughs> issue, I guess, but geez. <laughs> but the call is interrupted when Rory returns to her dorm room and notices the words... Die jerk in all capital letters on her whiteboard. And that would be something very scary to see Mm -hmm. on a whiteboard on your own room. Yeah. (laughs) So she hangs up with Lane and um, 
Paris answers the door or like opens the door <laughs> while Rory's looking at it and trying to like remove it, but it's not removing easily. And I just I really love Paris's like whole bit, like all of Paris in this scene. Mm-hmm. She's acting so funny, like she's like a like a secret service agent or just like very like take charge of the thing, talking about like we gotta like find out who did this and strike back hard. Like it's very like military language and she's like, come inside, we're assembling. <laughs> and like she's gathered all of the roommates and is asking them to make a list of their enemies. And my just sass attack goes to her line where like her and Janet, this exchange where Paris is like, I'm the most likely target, of course. And I've narrowed my list of enemies from 26 to five. And Janet goes just in this just at Yale and Paris goes just in the building. (laughs) It was so funny. Um, And we learn that apparently Janet has kissed someone else's boyfriend. Yeah. So she has an enemy. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. Uh, Tana says she's exceedingly dull. (laughs) Sorry. What? We need to get more Janet. Janice. I know. Yeah. Janet, I think. I like her. Yeah. Um, And then meanwhile, Paris shoots down the idea that Rory could be the culprit, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing, some irony there that we, dramatic irony that we know that she is. Um, and my, I had another nomination in this, my Rory's bookshelf, which I had a really hard time finding, um, goes to the line, that's like Dorothy pissing off the Tin Man, that's impossible. <laughs> Um, which is a Wizard of Oz reference. And I don't have much more to say about yeah. it than that. But yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved Paris and her investigative journalism or whatever we'd call it here. Yeah. Um, our next scene is back at Luke's. And Nicole is gone now, but Lorelai has come back for the second time as she makes sure that Luke knows. Apparently, Nicole told... Luke that she had been there and left so he knows that she had also been there twice already today and she just like keeps fishing and fishing and fishing until finally he tells her that he and Nicole are back together they're putting the divorce on hold kind of and Lorelai is like super confused about this she just can't wrap her mind around the fact that they're dating but not getting divorced and all of that and you can tell that she's really as we've said a million times, jealous <laughs> and won't admit it to herself. She also thinks that Nicole doesn't like her, which honestly, if I was Nicole, I wouldn't like her either. <laughs> so it's fully mm-hmm. justified. Um, and I just, this I think is kind of um, foreshadowing of what Rory feels later on in this episode when she finds out that somebody doesn't like her. And it's just interesting mm-hmm. how both of them respond to people justifiably not liking them yeah and Lorelai doesn't need to have anything to do with Nicole although as we hear later that Lorelai is like a package deal with Luke so of course they're gonna have to associate with Nicole but I just didn't get it I thought it was so obvious that Lorelai has other feelings for him and kind of annoying (laughs) I know like the whole time I was thinking like why is she reacting this way? Why mm-hmm. is she so 
angry. And I think you could chalk it up to like the confusion and the surprise, which are very valid. Like for for all she knew, Luke was getting divorced and then she just sees Nicole there and it's like, oh, they're together. And so are they married? No, they're da- like it is genuinely confusing update to receive. But the level of reaction that builds is just kind of confounding for us is like, yeah, does it boil down to like Nicole not liking her? Is it that the jealousy, the unresolved or the feeling she can't admit? Maybe like all of the above. <laughs> but um, I also wonder if this scene and her learning about Luke and Nicole like influences her at all in her like warming up to the idea mm-hmm. of Jason as well. Because mm-hmm. before I had been thinking of it as like, they wrote about her and Jason, so then they were like, oh, bring back Nicole so Luke can have something. But now it's actually kind of like they brought back Nicole, and now Lorelai's thinking about going out with Jason. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a causality there, but maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. I have more to say about Jason later also. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but next, we're back at Yale, and Rory is getting food in the cafeteria, somebody comes up to her and tells her that she's like really brave they can't believe that she's there so we know something weird is coming and then we see this uh woman off in the side looking for rory and she comes up and confronts rory and it's the ballerina from the ballet earlier in the week and she is very rightfully irate (laughs) and she's like asking rory why she did all of this she's explaining to rory like I've been working at this for my whole life. I have so much experience and you've just completely ruined my future with your ridiculous review. We find out that Rory called her a hippo um, and yeah, all sorts of other things. She also, Rory's explanation as she tries to defend herself just like digs herself deeper into this pit. I feel she she didn't understand where this person was coming from. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have any big takeaways from this confrontation it was like i like i don't think at any point rory says she's sorry yeah <laughs> it, like she's very defensive like you said like describing it as like the line of duty that it's nothing personal um and it's just like that's not an excuse yeah. like just say you're sorry and she says it's avril Levine's world yeah. and we're just living in it <laughs> And I don't under, I don't get that. Like, that's a funny line in any other conversation. But I'm like, don't bring up Avril (laughs) Lavigne when you're trying to defend yourself. She has nothing to do with this. Like, (laughs) she was, that was my Rory's bookshelf. Oh, I couldn't find anything else in the episode. And I recently saw a movie that played an Avril Lavigne song and it was wonderful. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That was some, I really liked Avril Lavigne Mm -hmm. back in the day. I mean, I still do, but. Yeah, I I don't have major takeaways other than what you've said about this scene. Mm-hmm. I have more to sh- think about later on, but I think yeah, it's just like I'm glad that we got to see someone yell at Rory, yeah. and it what it was interesting the way that they chose to move the storyline through like suspense because we see Doyle say like this is better, it's going in the paper, and we don't really know what Rory put in mm-hmm. it and. Until now when we get some of the lines from Sandra here and we like realize like, oh, she like put 
that like bad shit in it like yeah so it was like kind of a, a revelation for us too and we'll learn more as like Lorelai gets to read it later on too but interesting narrative choice there mm-hmm. for us to be like kind of in the moment of surprise with Rory and yet I, I don't want to be <laughs> in it with Rory so yeah. <laughs> yeah I also just had a thought about the ch- or the not the Chilton but the Yale curriculum mm. and I'm wondering is Rory a journalism student or no an English? she's like an English major which was the thing that never made sense yeah to me. that's got to be a big red flag because I'm sure as a journalism student, you would be taking all sorts of ethics classes. Yeah, imagine ethics. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like you should be able to become like an editor in a big newsroom without understanding how to be an ethical journalist. And Rory yeah. clearly has not even like touched on that. I It just makes no sense that she isn't doing a journalism degree. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense at all. I also, it seems like... I would be surprised if the actual Yale Daily News allows people on staff that aren't doing journalism as a degree. I don't know, but it's like, does Yale not have a journalism major at that point? I, they, or I bet they, did the writers just not care? <laughs> that brings up another question about Rory's picking colleges. Like, why didn't she pick a college with a good journalism program if that's what she wanted to do with her yeah. life? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they act like the Yale Daily News is this big, like, prestigious student newspaper. And maybe it is, but I feel like maybe they're just saying that because it's at Yale. Mm. There could be, like, others. Like, if you're a college in New York, you're, like, by the New York Times, New Yorker, so many others. If you're in Boston, you're at, like, the the Boston Globe or whatever. Like, lots of other cities have major, like, newspaper industries and whatnot as compared to New Haven I would think so um that's a good thing to bring up as well I also think one of my cousins was looking at journalism programs at one point and he was like travel traveling around to look at colleges and I feel I don't remember the exact school that he said had the best journalism program in the country but I don't think it was one of the Ivy Leagues I feel like it was a state school so I don't know just elitism I guess (laughs) um Gilmore Girls has never heard of state (laughs) schools actually Suzanne so that would never be a possibility (laughs) Uh, well another funny thing is that this scene ends with a a tiny bit of comic relief where Paris witnesses this exchange and just like learns that it wasn't actually about her so she's kind of relieved and calls off her mysterious strike force on the phone (laughs) whatever that was I just want to know how many people Paris knows <laughs> yeah she, who she employs yeah she, she's on her her connections she seems to have <laughs> made a lot more acquaintances at Yale than Rory has so far or enemies at least yeah, yeah. <laughs> from here we go to a Friday night dinner and before Rory arrives we have an exchange between Jason Richard Emily and Lorelai when Lorelai arrives, Emily's talking about how Jason and Richard are in the office and they come out and Richard is just wielding this laptop. <laughs> and it's an adorable scene, a real callback to mm-hmm. the early 2000s um, that Jason has set up 
uh, Wi-Fi, as they call it, <laughs> for them. And Richard is just astounded that his laptop can be connected and he's walking to the different areas of his house and he can't get service in a dark corner by the stairs apparently, but it's crystal clear outside and Emily's just like mind boggled by all of this and it's like humorous. Richard says he's going to Google Emily and she's like, you most certainly will not. Like, I guess thinking it means goggle like goggle at someone yeah but it's yeah very funny (laughs) yeah so as she like goes to check on dinner and Richard is outside we have a follow-up conversation between Jason and Lorelai who if memory serves correctly from the previously on segment had last you know talked about going out the last time they saw each other and he is inquiring did you get any flowers lately so apparently he has sent her several bouquets of flowers and he as they're like chatting back and forth very witty comments and whatnot he decides that he's determined to get invited to dinner tonight because he wants to go to dinner with Lorelai so badly and it's like a challenge or a bet because Lorelai is like Emily hates you so much that you'll never get an invite to dinner is the the premise um and we'll see how that goes momentarily and we can talk about Jason more momentarily as well but um that storyline is interrupted briefly by the continuation of Rory and the article ballet storyline Rory arrives and she is telling Lorelai all about what happened and she asks her to read the article and we get Lorelai's reaction um what are some of your observations about this scene Suzanne (laughs) I thought that this was a great like microcosm of what we can generally critique with Lorelai and Rory Mm. and their like idea of themselves as not like other girls and like being above everybody else because I mean Rory it's so weird like Rory's so worried about everybody liking her but this whole situation gives us a view into what she's actually like when she's not mm-hmm. performing this sweet innocent girl <laughs> when she's not trying to make people like her she's actually this like vicious kind of brutal bully <laughs> and mm. cri- criticizing everyone and like I don't I don't think that she's like that all the time but just that she has the capacity yeah. to be that way and not realize how damaging it is for other people is kind of astounding to me. And Lorelai yeah. seems to have a little bit more awareness. It is really fascinating to think about the like the psychology of Rory as like th- through this storyline, like you're saying, like revealing what she's actually like. And mm-hmm. I almost wonder if like she represses this part of herself that is critical yeah. of others through this performance of like the good nice girl. And I do think the thing is it's like is she really as good and nice as people think and I genuinely do think she is like as a whole like a good nice person (laughs) and can be very sweet and innocent and all of those things but like perhaps the side of her that is like we all have like I have my internal like (laughs) bitch for lack of a better word like I think mean things about people I'd say mean things about people to other people like I say things I wouldn't want to say to someone else like it it happens right it's like very much a social nature thing and I wonder if hers is like even worse because she's like oh I don't think those things I'm not like that Mm -hmm. but then 
And she has like one outlet for it, which is with Lorelai. And I think the awareness you talk about Lorelai having is that whole like, well, we keep that private. That's like between us. That's one of our languages. Like we talk about that stuff together. And it's almost like a partial bonding thing between them. You know, like it can make you feel close to someone to like gossip with Mm -hmm. them or have things in common that you like are like, oh, this is us versus them. But it doesn't always have to be such a negative thing, you know? So I think I think this is a really interesting example where Rory like misunderstands the like that side of yourself like you don't lead with that in an article about someone else like Rory would have such a bad time on like the day of Twitter and things like that if she was tweeting (laughs) like this. She would have been canceled so quick. (laughs) Yeah canceled so fast. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. (laughs) I guess this like this whole episode is like a proto cancellation of Rory except that it doesn't stick Mm -hmm. (laughs) but somebody tries to call her out on her bullshit yeah um but I think the the way that this scene is framed is interesting of like the fact that Rory is surprised that Mm Lorelai thinks she's gone too far and so this is kind of a she notices this is a moment where this could have been leading to the Rory recognizes if she did something wrong mm-hmm. and corrects it because Lorelai is like, wow, um, you really hated this. Like, this is harsh. People don't write as mean as they talk. Like, um, she responds to the the role line. She responds badly to the, she's like, do I see the word hippo coming up? <laughs> like, Lorelai is really reacting appropriately to the article and it, it kind of takes Rory like, oh, um, it's a moment for her. Um, but they are interrupted by, you know, the onset of dinner. So um, I don't know. We don't exactly get like closure yeah. in the, the moment necessarily. Lorelai never really gets a chance to give Rory a teachable moment. <laughs> yeah, like there's hints at mm-hmm. it, definitely. And it's like if that's coming from Lorelai. yeah. Who, like, taught her how to talk like this. <laughs> yeah. She's her accomplice. <laughs> Before we get too far into the Jason mm. stuff, I gave my Lorelai's closet to Lorelai's outfit for this Friday night dinner because I literally did not note down anybody else's clothes <laughs> the entire episode. But it is a pretty dress. It's like a black, uh, like, slinky kind of dress with bright pink flowers on it and her jacket or her coat when she came in was like the exact same pink as the flowers so nice I did note that I thought it was a very Lorelai-ish outfit Mm -hmm. and then we get back into the Jason stuff so dinner is served and Jason now has the challenge of trying to get invited to dinner and (laughs) Emily does her best to avoid inviting him (laughs) he puts on this (laughs) sob story of being like gonna go and get my third cheeseburger this week and sit and eat it alone and Richard's (laughs) saying oh come on we can do better than that Emily and Emily tries her darndest to keep keep from inviting him but eventually does and Lorelai has to do a hats off to the success of this challenge I guess whatever so now he can be Mm -hmm. a creep over dinner to her (laughs) (laughs) It's it's interesting that you say that because I was feeling like 
Oh, I think I'm liking Jason really? more this episode. Maybe we have different opinions. So it's yeah. good to know going into it. <laughs> I'm kind of starting to feel like, I mean, I thought that I liked Jason, but now that we're really getting into his him, I'm starting to feel mm. like I don't like Jason. He just gives me like the creeps, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine if we're like for once like on yeah. oppo- oppo- opposing sides. It'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they have dinner. Jason brags about getting Richard hooked up with Wi-Fi. Um, they try to convince Emily that internet, the internet is a good thing by talking to her about online shopping. And Lorelai and Rory said some very relatable things about <laughs> buying things and then just kind of forgetting to return them if they don't work out. Which I don't mm-hmm. do because I'm so I'm so broke most of the time that like. That $30 that I could get for a return really makes a difference, but <laughs> I mm-hmm. can see how that might happen. Yeah, I've done it once or twice, um, but I like have adjusted where I shop mm-hmm. based on the ease of returning mm-hmm. items because like what really gets me is having to like print the yeah, label and get find a package to put it in and return it. So I like try to shop at stores that are in town because if I can go return it in person I will or if it's like I'm sorry to say Amazon like their return policy is so easy um so yeah I I could relate to that and it almost made them think like oh maybe we don't like the internet as much as we thought and Jason is like no no like this isn't where this conversation was supposed to go (laughs) they also talk a bit about the camp where Lorelai and Jason met And apparently Christopher was also there. We get a little bit of insight into, you know, Jason talks a big talk now, but it seems like maybe he wasn't so cool uh, or seen as very popular back in the day (laughs) because Christopher seems to have hated him. And I think we can, just from Christopher's persona, we can understand that he was probably like one of the cool guys in high school. So he probably bullied Jason a bit. Yeah, and... I actually like really enjoyed this exchange because Jason is talking about how he like admired Christopher and he was like, he was a cool guy. And Lorelai's like, he hated you. And Jason's like, what? And Lorelai says, don't you remember that he tried to like dunk your head in a toilet? I presume after you had gold his comedy show. And the thing that like one thing that made me sort of like begin to like Jason a bit more is the way that the actor like delivers this reaction. He's like, oh my God. I've been repressing that. Like, (laughs) I just love the comedic delivery of like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, that did happen. And the funniness of like not having the memory of like having your head dunked because you repressed it. Yeah. was pretty funny to me. Yeah. (laughs) And then he also says like, oh, I must have deserved it. And I I liked that sort of like Mm -hmm. humbleness or, you know, self-awareness of like, yeah, I must have been shitty and I deserve to have my head dunked. It's like not everyone can admit to that. (laughs) Yeah, I do have to admit, even if I don't like Jason, the actor is amazing. Like, he's so good Mm. at playing the character. Yeah. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. next topic of conversation, Jason very smoothly asks Emily for some restaurant recommendations, playing it off that he's thinking about where he can take clients. And then he ends up asking about romantic places, you know, so that he can... (laughs) suggest them to his clients if they want to take their wives out to dinner or something (laughs) but really he's scoping out what Lorelai likes and where he might be able to take her if she ever says yes to a date I thought that was pretty smooth yeah 
Yeah, this was another thing I liked because I was like, oh, he's doing two birds with one stone with this maneuver. Like he's finding out intel on Lorelai and he's also like flirting with her because they're making all this like eye contact and things as he's doing it. But then he's also trying to get Emily back, trying to get back on Emily's good side and like flattering her by asking her for this knowledge that she has and viewing it as valuable which she hadn't done in the past and then also sets up like a day to call her and ask her for more expertise later on so it's like successful in both camps of Lorelai and Emily here Mm -hmm. so it was smooth like you say yeah we'll see if they ever get to go on a date we will I think that might be soon (laughs) Yeah. The third topic at the dinner also is the fact that the article comes Mm -hmm. up once again, which is very like full circle because they were talking about Rory at the first Friday night dinner and her writing. And we know they've been reading. Right. So they say, oh, by the way, we loved your article (laughs) and (laughs) how you like eviscerated that girl and you like sliced her up. You ripped her guts out. They mentioned the hippo reference again. And like, there was a line, I think Richard brings it up, where a line about regretting how evolution led man to stand on two feet because it led to this night. <laughs> like, I cannot believe wow. Warren was writing that. Like, And then Richard says, like, it's good that you were so honest. Like, reviewers aren't honest anymore. And now that girl can go to business school. And it's just awful. Um And that's what leads to the restaurant review recommendations, ironically (laughs) enough. But like, I this should be another. I think this is meant to be another red flag Mm -hmm. for Rory, where she realizes what she's done. Because like, if her grandparents are complimenting her on like tearing someone apart, she's like, oh, I don't want to be like them or like that, you know? Yeah, there were so many signs for her to take, Mm. so many chances. (laughs) Yeah. Um. After Friday night dinner, we are back at the Kim's Antiques, and I gave this scene my gazebo moment just because I thought it was sweet. (laughs) I because there was nothing. I know exactly. (laughs) No other joy. (laughs) Mrs. Kim starts off by talking about making spaghetti and wheat balls, which I thought was hilarious. Mm. Yeah. Um, But Lane comes up and tells her mom that she can't send the jug. She respects the drug too much and respects what it means she just can't send it to Dave even though he is a good guy and a good boyfriend um and Mrs. Kim is completely flabbergasted she has no idea what Lane is talking about so Lane reminds her of the whole idea of the marriage drug and Mrs. Kim I feel like this must happen for parents often Mrs. Kim is just like, I just told you that story to get you to stop crying or something. You used to give me such a headache. I feel like that must happen a lot where parents tell their kids something just to like get them off their back at some point and then the kids really take it to heart. <laughs> yeah. And I like that she's also like, well, I've just got a lot of jugs. They're really hard to move. Like, we could make a marriage jug if you want, like whatever that is. And Lane just like, no, no. And she'll find something else to send to Dave, I guess. Cute. I, I really like when they like, um, 
play with our expectations mm-hmm. of Mrs. Kim as like the very strict mother. And it reminded me a bit of when she said that line to Dave and it was yeah. a quote from Shakespeare <laughs> rather than the Bible. You know, it's like she's not just one thing. Yeah. She's got multitudes. And I just love like, <laughs> yeah, to get you to stop crying. Like you gave me a headache. <laughs> or when is it? Like when Lane is dating Zach, maybe where Mrs. Kim pulls down like a bottle of sake or something from like <laughs> hidden up in a cabinet and it ends up that she has a whole liquor store that Lane never knew about. Ooh, I don't remember that. It must be later. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, the end of the Lane and marriage the drug Dave, story. For real. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye, Dave. <laughs> yes. Um... Our, I think technically this newspaper scene might have been before the one we just covered. It's not really a big deal. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but our last scene at the newspaper, which we like visited a lot this episode, probably because they were like, we got the dorm room, we got the laundry room, and now we got the newspaper room. So we're really, ex- oh, and the dining hall. So like we're really expanding our Yale sets, um, but they got to make the most of it. So we're back in the newspaper and this scene is what um I give my Friday night dinner critique to this scene and the conversation with Doyle because like we've said a bit like this is the turning point of like no return almost where up to this point it seems like Rory was having some realizations of what she had done wrong and she could have like progressed from that um so, like, even if she still had fat phobic thoughts, maybe she wouldn't have put them in writing, you know? No. <laughs> but, like, um, she talks with Doyle, and he's like, so you feel bad about the review. Um, it comes with the territory. Hurting people's feelings is what we do. And this is, like, that is not what journalism <laughs> no. is. What the hell? <laughs> um, he's like, if you're a real journalist, you, like, and you can't handle it, then you should leave the paper. And so he's just like telling her, like, do what you did, essentially, which is horrible advice. And she takes it to heart because then when he like, he gives her her next assignment and she like smiles and he's just like encouraged her bad impulse. And it's like the rest is history from here. And I don't know if I should blame it all on Doyle, but he's definitely here not intervening in a helpful way (laughs) um or at least he's like the the writers are using Doyle as like their kind of like voicing or providing their views of what they think journalism is I guess I don't really know tabloids or something yeah it's just um pretty painful to see Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Doyle does become a great character in the future but his Maybe he also needed to take more journalism classes because his yeah. like, mentoring isn't the best. <laughs> no, maybe it's because they made him an editor as a sophomore oh, yeah. and he wasn't ready. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <sighs> so our final scene, uh, Rory and Lorelai are chatting on the phone again as Rory goes to her next assignment. Here we get a little bit of a rundown about Nicole and Lorelai says that whoever's in Luke's life is in her, in her life. Um, that kind of uh, interesting assumption about her and Luke's connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Just date him already yeah. if you want him in your life so exactly. bad. 
Rory also points out that there was a definite definite vibe between Lorelai and Jason, um, which I think we can all agree about. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, like folk folksy kind of group starts playing. And this is another critique I have about Rory and her idea of what a review is. Like you have to come in like meeting meeting the performer where they're at you can't come in and say Mm. i love rock and roll this isn't rock and roll so i hate it like you have to come in and be like okay what style of music is this how is this for this style of music (laughs) yeah like what is this thing and don't judge it on what it is not like what what is it yeah yeah because i thought they were good like they're not really my my type of music but they were good i feel like they that was actually from a like a clip from a well-known group that I want to say like Peter, Paul, and Mary or something like that. I feel like it's some sort of apostle names and then a woman that my parents used to listen to mm. in the car and it annoyed me very much. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But it's like meant to convey because she grimaces and like sighs. It's meant to convey like, oh, she's just going to continue doing what she did. Yep. <laughs> Not a great episode for Rory. I didn't check to see who no. wrote this episode, but now I'm kind of curious. Um, I think there was on IMDb. I think it was a Daniel Palladino okay. episode. Interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but very interesting. <laughs> did you have an MVP for this episode? I am going to go with Sandra, the oh, ballet yeah. dancer, because she had to go through this horrible critique by Rory and the whole ballet was closed early as well we should mention because of the review so like very real world consequences from Rory's review somehow like (laughs) um and I feel sympathetic toward her yeah and I'm just like you keep doing you Sandra yeah don't listen to Rory she has no ballet experience (laughs) I know still be a ballerina I was in ballet when Mm -hmm. I was little and I was about to move up to the next level where you learn how to play or dance with uh the toe shoes i forget like plie i think no that's a dance move but like this specific (laughs) oh on point yeah on point yeah 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 (laughs) and my dance instructor told me i was too fat so i feel this ballerina's pain and she like she obviously wasn't fat and also your fatness doesn't determine your skill as a ballerina so (laughs) Yeah, uh, that is some bullshit. Yeah, poor girl. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my MVP was Lane for this episode. Nice, we had a great little storyline, and although we should have learned about Dave much earlier, it was nice to hear that she chats with him on the phone. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Better late than never. Yeah. Well, on that note, any last words for this kind of bummer of an episode? No, I say let's like move on from it okay. and leave it in our past for now. And we have something uh, exciting to leave off to the episode with. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Talking Fast Podcast, to take part in our big giveaway. And you'll our s- fall fest. Yeah, you can Woo-hoo! see the pictures of our. Uh, prizes soon we'll probably be posting them this coming mm-hmm. weekend the weekend yeah. before the fall fest starts so yes <laughs> yeah something to look forward to yay all right talk, talk soon, soon.
Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.